how you doing? It's Ian Whitworth from the Unshuttable website, book, and speaking blog that you're listening to right now. This week's story, too much testosterone, please, enough about Navy SEALs. My social feeds are packed with advice lists of what Navy SEALs do, delivered by office nerds. Other elite warriors never get a look in. For white-collar guy inspo, it's Navy SEALs all the way. Nothing against Navy SEALs, but my job doesn't involve much amphibious warfare. No blowing up enemy infrastructure, dragging people back to a boat with a sack over their head, or frankly any danger beyond coffee spillage. And neither does yours. Yes, you need persistence, bravery, and teamwork to be great at work. But only to about 5% of SEAL levels, because business is pretty soft, and I love that about it. I do some of my best work in restaurants and airport lounges because I'm in no way rugged or brave. And I'd rather make money than post about seal combat fantasies like I'm 13 years old. Trying to go for that extra 95% of seal performance is a complete waste of your time when your work life is mainly looking at stuff on a screen. Your staff are nice people trying to do a good job and would rather you didn't embarrass them with talk of critical missions, and so on. Also, SEALs don't have to balance their critical missions with the endless daily juggle of family life. Team, our moment has arrived. Tonight, we take down Osama Bin Laden. Wheels up on the Black Hawks at 0215. Uh, I'd love to, sir, but my daughter has to be at school at 6am for an excursion, and my partner's taking the other one to swimming training. Can you call in grandparents for reinforcement? Uh, negative, all interstate, sorry. Damn, mission aborted. Inform the White House. Seal problems are not yours, and vice versa. Do you think serving military are inspired by speeches from white-collar leaders? You be the judge. I've linked to a video of Scott Morrison addressing ground forces in Iraq and basically telling them that they are some kind of curry recipe. Let me read you a few words from that. Last night, a few of you got to have a meal with me. We had a curry. I love curries. One of the reasons I love curries, there is a point to this story, I promise you, is how you pull it all together. You start with your oil. So last night, it was a Sri Lankan chicken curry. And how good was that, by the way? Start with your oils. You put your curry leaves in there. Get your spices in there, your whole ones. And it sort of infuses the oil. Put your onions in. It's layer upon layer. You might have marinated the chicken. Put the coconut cream in. Comes out, it's pretty magic. How you blend together all of these wonderful ingredients to produce something which is pretty magnificent is how I've experienced seeing what you do here. Thank you then, Prime Minister Scott Morrison. I have no issue with actual Navy SEALs writing advice because they've done the suffering. I read SEAL Jocko Willink's book. There was lots of good advice. Mostly humble stuff like turn up on time, you're not better than the people under you, and so on. The embarrassing part is tips from others who once met a SEAL and would now like to pass on their stories on their behalf. Obviously, first cab off the rank is the king of claiming credit for other people's achievements. Hello, Simon Sinek. Heaps of Navy SEAL material from that guy. SEAL worship can actually make business people start to believe they're combat heroes. Obviously, commercial radio has some outlier management personalities, but this from an ex-Triple-M radio host. The boss carried a copy of Sun Tzu's Art of War and hung a samurai sword on the wall of his office. 
If he didn't like your air check, he'd chop the tape in half with the samurai sword. The same Triple M boss once rocked up to work in full army fatigues, and when someone asked him why he was dressed like a soldier, he responded, very seriously, Mate, we are at war with Gold 104. It's not just the war material. There's a general plague of pain glorification. As reader Adrian pointed out, does an ice bath even happen if it doesn't get posted? I've put together a bit of a gallery, uh, which is on the written version of this site, of all the people I've seen that post their ice baths, and every last one of them looks like they've done 30 years as a Contiki European bus tour guide. Ah, yes, the human body is natural, yeah, so why would we be ashamed to show it? Mate, put a shirt on. Someone once said, whenever you have a futurist on a conference panel, you should also have a historian to give their flaky advice some reality-based perspective. A historian would tell you that these posts have their roots in the 16th century Puritans who created the Protestant work ethic. The denial of all pleasure so as to better serve your workmasters as a population. As they put it back then, the lowly workman has a noble vocation which he can fulfil through dedication to his work. You must freeze, intermittent starve and work all the hours to achieve redemption and hit your KPIs. Like this guy, Twitter has just been feeding me a ton of horrible inspo threads. Inspo guy Dickie Bush says, seven small habits that will vastly improve your well-being. One, walking 20,000 steps per day. I'm convinced walking is the single best thing you can do for your health and creativity. Here's why. 200 more tweets threaded to that that I won't tell you. So it seems 20,000 steps is the new 10,000 steps. And even that lower figure was made up in 1964 by the marketing team at a Japanese pedometer company. The name of the product literally means 10,000 steps pedometer machine. Somehow, that became set in stone health gospel around the world. A bit like breakfast is the most important meal of the day, which is just bullshit made up by uh, advertising people at General Foods, I think it was, to sell more breakfast cereal. Mr. Bush continues... Current morning routine, 5am wake up and immediately out the door. 40 minutes of light cardio and mobility. Breakfast, two eggs, half an avocado, four ounces of ground beef. Cram double espresso. Four focused hours of work split into two or three sessions. Day one by 10am. Here's a tip. How about you drink or heaven forbid, enjoy that double espresso rather than cram it. It's not going to take you much longer, but... This whole mindset that food shouldn't be pleasurable, but rather, it's fuel for higher work output. Taken to extremes, you end up with Soylent, a powdered meal replacement developed by Silicon Valley coders, so they didn't have to take a break. Unironically, named after the 1973 Charlton Heston movie Soylent Green, which ended with the discovery that they were all eating powdered humans. In posts like this, the activity itself isn't the issue. Routines and discipline are good for you. I do some of that stuff, but the details are of no interest or relevance to you. The desire to tell the world about your routine is embarrassing. It implies that with enough grind, you too could be like them. A round-the-clock tech hustler with literally no friends. Just work associates they think are friends. I'm not sure that's what we aspire to, bro. I feel like the guys posting all this stuff either live alone or have a partner or their mum doing a ton of support work that apparently happens by magic. I'd be more inspired to see a daily routine from working parents. 
posting how they squeeze in a productive day's work while coping with blizzards of distraction. Except it's not a daily routine you could post because of the random different dramas that pop up every day and yours is the first routine that must be sacrificed. I'll leave it to you to decide which life is going to make you happier when you're old. Like diets, these mad routines can work for a while, but they're unsustainable. You fall off the wagon for perfectly valid reasons. Then you feel like a failure when you're just being a normal, fallible human being and shouldn't feel guilt for that. Obviously, study the habits of people you admire and borrow what works for you. But just do your best. Work hard, but don't feel bad about saying no to the late night Zoom call with head office because you want to get loose with your friends or just eat a frozen cheesecake in front of the TV. If you have no people you're comfortable wasting time with, you are the problem. Let's go out on a downbeat inspo anthem. Radiohead's Tom York is a high achiever on a global scale, but not exactly swaggering with confidence. Here's what he wrote on this exact topic on a 2001 record where they threw every sound that had made them globally successful in the bin and paved the way for much bigger artistic and sales success. He wrote it after his wife told him to ease back on the self-criticism. Take that over seals anytime. Thank you, Tom. Hey, you want a book on how to set up your own business without unrealistic, stupid daily routine lists and actively takes the piss out of those people? Why, you should read Undisruptable, my book. Timeless Business Truths for Thriving in a World of Nonstop Change on Penguin Random House. Still the number one customer-reviewed business book on Booktopia. Available in ebook, audiobook, and classic paperbook you can hold in your hand and prop windows open with and stuff. Get into it. And if you're new around here, I do a story like this every Tuesday. So hit like on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you're on. And we'll see you next week. Bye now.